this this year, for whatever reason, God has laid it upon my heart as an old man now to teach as much as I can from Second Timothy. Uh, it meant so much to me 55 years ago as a young man, and now I want to pass that on uh, to you. Uh, and uh, if if the Lord works it out to where I come several several uh, times this year, you'll probably hear several sermons from Second Timothy tonight uh, this morning. Uh, we're going to do. I'm going to do something I've never done before, and I hope this goes uh, better than, than I have any right to make it. But uh, uh, in studying this in recent days, I, I, I've been caught with the number of people that are that are dealt with in, in the book of Second Timothy. Uh, the the I counted up, and if I got it right, and Lord knows that that my math uh, was, math is not my good uh, strong suit in school. But uh, if I got it right, we, there's 24 different people that are named here in the, in the, uh, in the book of 2 Timothy. And, and they're all very significant. And, and they are the illustrations uh, of Paul's points. When Paul wrote his doctrinal uh, books, the book of Romans and so on and so forth, he would use the Old Testament. He would make a point and then he would use the Old Testament to, to establish that point. And, and so most of the writings of Paul are very well seasoned with the Old Testament. Uh, matter of fact, uh, we, we know that the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. And certainly we see that in the writings of Paul. But this is Paul's last writing. And if you can picture a, a coach uh, getting ready to, to send his team out uh, throughout the week, throughout the, all the preseason and so on and so forth, He's taught the X's and O's, okay? And he's taught the, all of the things and so on and so forth. But there comes a point of time when it's, that's, that's past. And now it's time for that go fight win speech, okay? Just before, just before the, uh, the, you send the team on the, on the floor. And, and there, there's an emotional time. Now, you can't have the emotional time without the X's and O's. But I would also suggest to you that the X's and O's need the emotional time. And the writing, 2 Timothy is that go fight win speech, if you will, of the Apostle Paul to Timothy. As Paul is about to pass off this mortal coil. He's writing to his son in the faith. He is passing the baton on, if I can use another sports illustration. He is, he is getting ready to, to move on. He, he's in prison. And he knows his, his death is imminent. Uh, Nero is going to do uh, his worst, and there's nothing that Paul can do about it. And Paul is not concerned about it because he would say, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. And so there was, there was not a dread that he was facing, but, a, but an anticipation of what God, uh, what, he had served God all these years, and now to see God face to face was going to be something very special. But Paul now is giving this charge to, to, uh, to Timothy. And every time he makes a point in the, in the book of 2 Timothy, he punctuates that by dealing with people who made that, uh, who, who would illustrate that. And I'm certain that, that Timothy at least knew of, if not knew, all of the people that he's talking about. I wish we had time this morning to deal with all the people here because there's something for us with all of them. We only have time this morning for just a few people, but we are going to look into 
to, to some of the people that, that we see in 2 Timothy and see their, their testimony. If we start in verse chapter 1, uh, verse 3, I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day, as I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. For this reason I remind you to fan and to flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. First two people that we see, and it's going to be interesting how many people that we see in 2 Timothy who are in pairs. And I'm not really sure why that is, but, 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 but the first pair is Timothy's grandmother and his mother. Paul says to Timothy, remember the people who, bring you to, who, bring you, who brought you to Christ. Remember the people who, that, that, that God has used in your life. When I began to look at this this week, I began to go down memory lane and to think about many of the people that God used. I've, the first people that come to my mind, of course, are my parents. Uh, my, my father, Eskel, my mother, Joanne Cosby, and uh, my father, a preacher, my grandfather, who was a, a Sunday school teacher, uh, and uh, and uh, very uh, involved in the Lord's work all of, uh, most of his adult life. And uh, I remember the blessing of being raised in a godly Christian home, being taught the word of God, being, t- uh, being uh, taught to love God, and, and, and uh, it's a wonderful thing. God not only used my grandparents, my, my parents, but God used other people, some of them not even believers, to teach me many things. I got to thinking back, uh, as I, again, as I was putting this thing together, uh, I had the same teacher for three years. Now, some of you are going to uh, think, well, man, that kid was dumb as a box of rocks, which is probably, <laughs> probably true, but, but uh, I had the same teacher for three years because I went to Cochise Elementary School and there was only three teachers. So, so you had the same teacher year after year. And I had a teacher named Don Pearson for the 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. And I, I don't think I ever had a teacher that loved teaching more than, than Don Pearson did. And uh, and uh, 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 I tell you many stories of things that he did and, and so on and so forth. I think one of the, and this man was not a believer, so, my, so he, I found out looking up, on Google that he just passed away, probably from COVID, uh, in 2020. But uh, but uh, but uh, I remember one day that that uh, <laughs> we were having a particularly difficult time paying attention. Okay, you you know how that interprets out. Okay, we were wild Indians, and. Uh, and, 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 and Mr. Pearson went off on us. And boy, did, I mean, he let us have it. And, and, uh, and uh, the next day we, we came and, and, and we thought, boy, we are going to get a lecture uh, of all lectures and so on and so forth as to why we should 
pay attention and so on and so forth. And I saw something I'd never, I, I, to this day, uh, it's been one of the most amazing things. Don Pearson did not chide us for our lack of attention and childishness and all that stuff. He apologized to us. He said, he said, he said, I have a responsibility to make sure that you want to learn. And he said, I didn't do my job. I learned a lot from Don Pearson. I learned a lot from Ernie Gabrielson, who taught, uh, who taught English literature and journalism at Mingus High School. I learned a lot from my baseball coach, Bob Richmond. Probably one of the most, one of the most uh, special people in my life was a man by the name of Carl Hodges. He had a youth, uh, youth uh, Truth for Youth ministry in, in Phoenix back when I was growing up. Started out as Youth for Christ and then Truth for Youth. I look back at my life and I see a lot of people. And I would suggest to you today that if we are the children of God, first of all, we probably can look back to somebody who showed us the gospel. Somebody that preached the gospel to us. And then it showed us things that we, need to, we needed to know. Things that we needed to have. Things that we needed to build in our Christian life. I'm going to suggest to you that we see uh, Lois and Eunice as people that, we, that need to remind us that God has used people in our lives in a positive way, and we need to be grateful for that. Oftentimes, uh, people cause us all kinds of problems. And uh, I heard one guy say, the more I get to know people, the more I like my dog. <laughs> But I'm going to suggest to you that there are people that we need to be thankful for. And I, as, we, as we begin this morning, it's, it's significant. Not all the people that we're going to be looking at are positive. Matter of fact, most of them are going to be negative. But, but we do need to be reminded of the people that God used in our lives in a positive way. In verse 8 of 2 Timothy, uh, chapter 1, therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and which now has been manifest through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, for which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher, by the which I suffer as, as I do, but I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. Guard the good deposit entrusted to you. You are aware that all who are in Asia turned away from me, among whom are Phagellus and Hermogenes. May the Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. But when he arrived in Rome, he searched for me earnestly and found me. May the Lord grant to him to find mercy from the Lord on that day, and you well know all the service he rendered at Ephesus. If there's a theme to the, to the uh, uh, book of 2 Timothy, it's don't be ashamed. And Paul here is, 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 is reminding him that, that from the world standpoint, Paul was a shameful person. He, uh, he, he's, he was in prison, just like a prisoner, like he'd done something wrong. One of the things that we have to remind 
people I, most of you know, I'm a chaplain at Fort Grant, and, and uh, one of the things that we constantly remind the, the, uh, the men who have come to Christ uh, and as they get ready to get out is there will be people who will never forget that you wore orange at one time. There will be people that no, longer, no matter how long you live, they will, they will hold that against you the rest of your life. And, and uh, there are some circumstances, you'll, you'll never outgrow that. You'll, some people, you'll, you'll be able to outlive it, and some people, you'll be able to go on, but some people, you won't. Paul was in that situation not because of something he'd done, but because of, what, because of the will of God. And he's constantly saying, don't be ashamed of me. Don't be ashamed of me. And then, as he's going through this, uh, he talks about phagellus and hermogenes. We don't know exactly what that is. Evidently, based upon what's said here and then over in chapter 4, uh, Paul was, was, went, went to trial, went to, had a hearing. And at that hearing, there was, a, uh, there was a group of people from Asia that had come and... and uh, I don't know if he was ministering to them. They were ministering to him, just exactly what had happened. But all of a sudden, when it came time for the actual hearing, nobody showed up. Everybody was gone. They, they, they were, and uh, Phagellus and Hermogenes were, were, were a part of that. Now, we may not, that may not be exactly what this is about, but, 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 but trying to piece together, that's, that's what I get from it. The bottom line is this. There will be people who disappoint you. The difficulty that we have in the Christian life is on our best day, we are nothing more than wicked, vile sinners saved by the grace of God. And the difficulty is, is even though we are the children of God and we have been bought by the blood of Christ and we are new creatures in Christ Jesus, and old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. The truth of the matter is, uh, it's amazing how, how, uh, how much we can mess up. And here are two people that, that severely disappointed Paul. Now, could the hearing have gone better if they'd have had some people there? Uh, we don't know. But sometimes it helps. Uh, the first time I went to a, uh, to a hearing, that uh, a guy that I was working with in, in prison, uh, and uh, I went to a sentencing hearing, and, and uh, the, the judge uh, commented from as he was passing sentence. He said, Mr. Robbins, you have a good representation of people here who are, are, are here to help you. And it, it, just the fact that we were there impacted the, the, uh, uh, the sentence that, 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 that Will got. And uh, instead of getting 25 to life, he, got, he, got, uh, he did seven years in the federal penitentiary. And, uh, and he could have gotten easily 25 to life. And, and, uh, and, and, and we don't know, but, but, but sometimes what people's actions that hurt... Are actually do harm to us. Well, we can point to things and somebody did something and because of that, something bad happened to, to me and so forth. 
It'd be very easy for us here as we look at Phygelus and Hermogenes to, to park here and just really go to seed on, boy, oh boy, people will re- can really mess up and people can really, boy, I tell you what, and, you know, go home and, you know, slam the door and kick the dog and, and, and do all the things that we do when we re- are really upset. It would be easy for Paul to go from here and say, you know, you just can't help but being cynical. I mean, people doing, you just get cynical in the ministry. But Paul didn't, didn't stop there. He, he said, you're, you're aware that all who are in Asia turn from me, among whom are Phagellus and Hermogenes. May the Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus. Wow. Paul, Paul didn't stop there and, and, and dwell on the people who disappointed him. He immediately went to the person who, was, who administered to him. And in the wording here, and, and again over in chapter 4, Onesiphorus is, is mentioned, we get, we get the idea that probably Onesiphorus had passed away. He probably was no longer with us. Uh, uh, may, the, may the Lord grant the household of Onesiphorus. And in and, and, and chapter 4, it's the household of Onesiphorus. And, and, and we, have to, we have to at least consider the fact that he was no longer with them. But his legacy was one on the day that Paul needed him the most. He was there. Amen? And I, 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 I'm going to suggest to you that God has a way of using people, even, even, uh, even in our darkest hours. The truth of the matter is, is that oftentimes as we want to become bitter and angry toward people, that the need for us is to do what? Our need is to focus on those people God has used positively and not focused on those people that God has used negatively in our lives. Here we see Phygelus, Hermogenes, but praise God, we also see Onesiphorus. And then we get to chapter 2. And... and um, Verse 14 says, remind them of these things and charge them before God not to quarrel about words, which does, not, does no good, but only ruins the hearers. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. But avoid irreverent babble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness, and their talk will, uh, will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus, who have swerved from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already happened. They are upsetting the faith of some. But God's firm foundation stands bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. Let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. Folks, if we're going to live in this world, we're going to, we're going to come across Hymenaeus and Philetus. People who swerve from the truth. Now, 
we could spend hours dealing with this thing. And, and, and I, I, my father used to say, uh, son, either deal, deal with it or leave it alone, but don't peck at it. And, and uh, I have found that to be very, very wise counsel in so many different areas. I probably should leave these two people alone uh, because we're not going to have time to really deal with it, but I am going to peck at it a little bit here this morning <laughs> and, and deal with these people who, who uh, are teaching false teaching. Paul said about one situation, they went out from us because they were not of us. And, and the fact of the business is uh, we have to assume that these people uh, were people who, who uh, were apostate. They had known the truth. They had, they had, they had tasted it. They had, they had touched it, but they had never really received it. Whatever the case is, they now were teaching things that were designed to take the elect away from the gospel. Their desire was to turn people from the gospel of Christ. Now, the amazing thing to me in the world in which we live is how people will listen to absolute insanity and they won't stand hitched to the truth. I uh, had a neighbor, a wonderful neighbor, uh, years ago down in Sunsites. And, uh, and uh, over, over time, we began to, to uh, talk to him about the Lord. And finally, over a three-day period of time, we had the opportunity to, to really sit down with this man and go through the gospel with him and, and so forth. And we basically spent three days together. And finally, the third day, uh, he, he uh, took me to where he worked, showed me all the, the process. Of, he worked for a mine and how they were getting uh, copper out of, a, out of the tailings dump and so on and so forth. And it was a very fascinating thing and so forth. And on the way home, he, he, says, he said, Bob, he said, uh, I've decided not to trust Christ. And, I, and I, I asked him why. He said, because I'd have to stop drinking alcohol. And I looked at him and I said, I said, that is not a prerequisite to, to salvation. He said, yeah, I know. But he said, he said but, I, but I, I just would feel uncomfortable. And, 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 and that was it. He, he, he walked away from it. Still stayed a good neighbor till we moved. And... and uh, and uh, I don't know where he is today, but, but, uh, but I have fond memories of it, but, but very sad memories based upon that. But the next time I saw him, he said, you'd be very happy to know that I don't drink at all anymore. And I was waiting for the other shoe to fall, and sure enough, it fell. I've become Mormon. And he said, he said, I, and I'm ready into it. He said, man, we're doing, we're doing all the genealogies and baptizing for the dead and, and so on and so forth. And I haven't had a drop of alcohol since. <coughs> and I thought to myself, <laughs> he ignores the grace of God to do something by works, giving up something that God does not condemn 
I, I don't understand. I don't, I don't get it. Truth is, is that so oftentimes people can teach the most outlandish, foolish, ridiculous things. And people, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> and we sit there and we, we wonder, how in the world do people... Did you check your brains at the door? I mean, come on. And then you read on down. But God's firm foundation stands bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. And let everyone have that who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. I think the saddest thing that we have to deal with in the ministry is that oftentimes in the best of times. We are dealing with uh, a mixed multitude. As careful as we are in our Reformed Baptist churches to, to hear the testimony of, of everybody who comes to be a member of the church, and as careful we, as we can be to try to make sure we are a body of believers are one of our Baptist distinctives is that that we believe in a regenerate church membership amen, amen. and yet the, the truth is that we have those that slip through the cracks and one of the ways that we find that out is when false teaching comes along they hear the false teaching. Now we're going to we're going to deal with this principle a little later uh, again, but but I want to stop here for just a moment, looking at this issue of of uh, God knows His own. The truth is, my sheep hear my voice. You're talking about Texas history. One of, the, one of the fascinating things of Texas history is the Battle of San Jacinto. And uh, we had surprised the, the Santa Ana and his army. And uh, Santa Ana had taken off. And when they, when they found him, he was dressed as a, as a common soldier, as a peasant, and, uh, and trying to escape. And, uh, and, and the people who captured Santa Ana didn't know who, who they had. And, uh, and, uh, and so they brought Santa Ana into the camp with all of the other soldiers, all the other captured Mexican soldiers. And all of a sudden, the Mexican soldiers see Santa Ana, and they all start coming to attention. And he's going. <laughs> and all of a sudden, they realized, we got him, Okay. The, the interesting thing was, the appearance was, they had just captured another common soldier. The fact was, they had Santa Ana. My sheep hear my voice, and they know me, and they follow me. The, let, the Lord knows those who are his. Chapter 3, beginning at verse 1, says, But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, 
For people be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen, with conceit, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying the, its power. Avoid such people, for among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at the knowledge of the truth. Just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also oppose the truth. Men corrupt in mind, disqualified regarding the faith, but they will not get very far, for their folly will be plain to all, as was that of those two men. Now, Timothy and Paul, neither one, knew Janus and Jambres because here's an Old Testament uh, reference. They did not know them, but they obviously knew of them. And Paul here is talking about a situation that is, that is um, very, very, uh, very interesting. With, 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 with Hymenaeus and Philetus, it was, it was people, trying to, people trying to deceive people within the church. Here we are talking about people who don't want the truth. Give me something that I can, I can feel good about that's not the truth. Okay? I don't want to hear the truth. I don't, don't tell me the truth. I don't, I don't want to hear it. I've had enough of it. Uh, and and uh, did you ever stop and wonder why? When, when, when our world wants to criticize some of the, some of the charlatans and, and uh, false teachers of our day, the, the criticism is always about how much money they have. Okay? Well, man, they're flying all these big jets and they, got, they, they vacation on the Riviera and they drive their Mercedes Benz. And, and, and all. I had a Mercedes Benz once. I did. It was 25 years old, and I paid $1,000 for it. But I, had, I drove my Mercedes. But that's, that's the, big, the big thing. Did you ever stop to think why these people have the corporate jets and why they, they drive the Mercedes Benz and why they vacation on the Riviera and so on and so forth? Because there's people who give their money for that purpose. Because they want to hear that message. Janice and Jambres. They are people who, who play to the people who don't want the truth. Now, generally, they, they have, a, they, they have a, a, a great message in the truth, but boy, they can sure they can sure make it sound good. It's not the truth, but they can sure make it. They can sure make it. They can sure dress it up. And from our perspective, verse nine is not true. Verse nine says, "But they will not get very far, for their folly will be plain to all." as was that of those two men. From our perspective, that didn't happen. 
because we are looking at it through far too narrow of a window. We don't see what the long range is going to be. But you look back in history at the false teachers and so on and so forth, most of them in time, they, they, were, they were exposed. Most of them, we see them for what they really were, what they really are. Okay? And there will come a time when all of them will be exposed for what they really are. Amen? Amen. We may not see it. It may not happen in our time frame, but it will happen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Again, we come back. The Lord uh, knows those who are his. Chapter 4 has two people that we want to look at this evening, this morning. Verse 9 says, Do your best to come to me soon. For Demas, in love with this world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Luke alone is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is very useful to me for the ministry. I want to look at Demas and John Mark. Demas, we see, we see Demas mentioned uh, back over in uh, uh, Colossians chapter 4. Verse 14, Luke, the beloved physician, greets you, as does Demas. Um, Philemon, chapter 1, verse 23, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, send greetings to you, and so do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and uh, Luke, my fellow workers. Demas had, had traveled with the apostle Paul. He had, he had been right there. Demas had probably experienced a lot of deprivations, perhaps even persecution, perhaps physical persecution. He had he'd gone through a lot of trials and tribulations with the Apostle Paul. He had been there through a, a, lot, of, a lot of, he'd seen a lot. And, 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 and yet, with all that, all that Paul, Paul says here in, in, in 2 Timothy, he left because he loved this present world. He went out from us because he was not of us. And someone said, how in the world can that happen? And I don't know. I got a phone call uh, last Sunday from a a dear friend of mine uh, uh, from Indiana. And he called and he he, uh, had just received word that a pastor friend, a very close friend, a mentor to him, had taken his own life. And, and uh, you know, how do, how do you, how do you, this is, this is a reformed pastor, and, and, uh, and how, do you, how, how do you process that? And, and uh, I spent probably half hour 45 minutes on the phone with my friend trying to trying to deal with that and and it's a tough situation how do you deal with people who for a time look 
so wonderful, and yet all of a sudden it's not there. All of a sudden you see people go. When my father first started the ministry, he, was, he started out playing his guitar and singing for his cousin to be the preacher. And his cousin used to stand, who will be there 50 years from now? Stand with me, and so on and so forth. And then one day, things began to fall apart, and the next thing you know, uh, we buried uh, my, my dad's cousin as an atheist. H- how does that happen? And we're not here this morning to, to, to try to dissect Demas and figure out what he did. And so we, we know what we need to know. He loved this present world. That's, that's what we need to know. Would I like to know? You know, would I like to know more about that? Yeah, I would. But uh, John wrote uh, in John, First John two fifteen, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Well, Demas loved the world. The love of the Father is not in him. Okay, we, we we get it. But Demas had to be a horrible heartache and a heartbreak to the Apostle Paul as he's awaiting his execution. See him gone. But there again, in the providence of God, what happens? Same context. Demas hath forsaken me. Crescens has gone to Galatia. Titus to Dalmatia. Luke alone is with me. Get Mark. We all know the story of Mark, don't we? He went with Paul the first missionary journey and flamed out. Got homesick. Went home to Mama. And and it would have been very easy for a, for for a, well, matter of fact, it wasn't easy. What Paul did is fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. And when it came time for the next missionary journey, Paul said, "You ain't going." I'm not taking you with me. And, uh, oh, he'll do, no, you're not going to pull that on me again. And he made him stay. Made, made, and, and, and there was a separation. But now, late in his life, late in his life, who's there? John Mark is profitable. My father used to say, if you really want to get ahead in the, in the military, when you first get in, you just mess up big time. Maybe even get thrown in the brig. He said, the more you mess up when you first get there, the farther you're going to go. Well, I don't know that that's good advice. And I don't know if it's a good illustration. But I want you to see something here that, that, that is true. Here's a guy who messed up to the point where I'm sure there are people that thought that guy will never amount to anything. But God. But God. You see, God knew who his, who his own was. God knew his own. And God saw to it that in the midst of it all, he kept working with John Mark until John Mark was profitable. So what do we learn? Ladies and gentlemen, the Christian life involves people. 
And you cannot depend on people. But you have to depend on people. We preach the gospel to people. We fellowship with people. The family of God is made up of people. But what we have that the world does not have is the grace of God that can take people and make them into the children of God. We have the grace of God. We depend upon God to deal in our own hearts, knowing that our sovereign God is constantly working in my life to make me what he wants me to be. And he's working in other believers' lives to make them what they need to be. And he is using people to knock off the rough spots in my life. And sometimes it hurts. And sometimes it's not pleasant. But God is using people and is going to use people. And some are going, are going to be uh, positive and some negative. And some a mixture of both. But at the end of the day, God will work out his plan and his purpose in my life to his glory through people. Let's bow our heads in prayer.